0: Podcast number five, where Vowels is interviewing Barry.
1: So, um, it's your turn, Barry Moore. Okay, so the first question, are you ready? No. <laughs> who are you <laughs> what do you do? I hate but love the question at the same time.
0: So, that, that's your question, who am I and what do I do?
1: Yeah.
0: Right, well. But clearly, I'm, I'm buried. <laughs> and I do all sorts, but for, sort of first and foremost in this context, I am a sonic installation artist, mostly. So I create massive, massive pieces of work where there's visuals and there's sound and you can go into them and you experience them from a completely enveloped state. So you're completely... In the piece of work, you become a piece of the work. You you are inside it. So, that's that's most of what I do. I also do many other things. Um, I
1: What's, um, what some what sound installations that you do? Talk us through one of them. Say if you were a, 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 an audience member going into it, you know what what sort of things should they expect?
0: So one of the last ones that I did. Um, let's let's go for the one I did last in the theatre in um, Media Factory. Uh, there were, The visuals were basically a big M of material that looked like it was floating in midair. air uh, It was attached to the struts at the top of the ceiling where the lights go. And so, it was, big rooms, yeah. so it was just this big uh, M of material that was hanging there that you could interact with so you could walk in and out of it so it was a bit like a tunnel or you could walk straight into the material and you could feel it against your skin. And then while that was there, it was lit by um, a light that was very subtly changing colour very slowly. So it was like, it, it kind of resembled dawn at one point, and then it sort of resembled dusk at another point. And that wasn't intentional, that's just the way it looked, which was awesome.
1: So <laughs> well, I, I, I remember, well, I remember that one.
0: Um, what was it called again? Oh... I don't remember now.
1: Nessance or something was it? N-
0: it was um na- nascent. Well
1: well I, I have to remember this installation and um, it was I think that the space was definitely the kind of the drawing in point if you want, as, as well as the music because there were different yeah. parts of the room where you stood and you would get a completely different feel because I was walking around it. And the M, like you say, was kind of central, <laughs> and you could kind of come from the sides and walk into this central kind of thing. Yeah. But it it was it it, it kind of reminded me of Alien. The film. You know the stands. I remember at the time oh, because I I, right, I yeah. it was a kind of. Um, well,
0: it was it was lots a, and lots a, of a sounds. A thing
1: going on. So so what I'm trying to say is there was lots of things. Interacting with my brain as I was well, going around it. The sound itself was, really, was The was really sound good.
0: itself was designed to bounce. So um, I I pulled back because it was a theatre. So there's lots and lots of curtains in there. So I had to pull back all the curtains and make that softness mm. as small as possible. So I had the hard walls behind. So I had to create that that space where the sound wasn't just going to be absorbed by something. The sound had to be able to bounce so if you were to listen to the sound that I had through headphones it wouldn't sound the same as it does yeah. in a space because the sound is designed to ping off things so what you get is is lots of different things going on and it depends where you're standing, the point in the visuals in the middle is it draws you into the middle but as you're walking yeah. to the middle you sort of notice all these different things and then you become interested in what's going on in other places and, 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 and it is um, I remember as well. Um,
1: I, I didn't actually plan on asking you this, but I, I remember um, the smells and everything. It was a completely um, absorbing um, moment. You know what I mean? There yes. Was lots of people walking and going in again because it was so different from everything else. <laughs> yeah, usually. Um, you just it's... kind of wanted to go in and have another experiment. Mm. And I think I like that in your work. You know, it's never the same twice. Um. Who is, who's your most influential composer? You don't have to like them, it's just who is, you know, who's, your, who's, who's the one that kind of excites you, and, and, and um, I don't know that you kind of think to yourself, maybe, you know, um, I could do something as amazing as them, you know, that sort of thing.
0: I think I approach this probably completely back to front a lot of the yeah, yeah, I've approached this probably completely back to front a lot of the work that I've created has been because the the, the people that I've been exposed to annoy me because they mm. they're doing something and and they they're justifying it with all these kind of pointless things and it just annoys me and it's sort of I th- I think that it, it's I, I set out with an intention of saying no that there's there's no need to be this complex there's no need to be so up in the air and and, and up up yourself with it it, it yeah. was it was about creating something that had accessibility regardless of where you are within your creativity and even if you feel like you're not creative or you're not in the art world you, you yeah. could access this and this kind of hierarchy,
1: isn't yeah there? and it's it really
0: annoyed me it annoyed me so much that when I set out and and I was I mean I'm, I started doing all this through my undergrad when I was doing my my undergrad a few years back I I'd never even heard of an installation artist didn't even know what one was <laughs> so when I was told oh this is an installation I was like what what's an installation (laughs) so then i started researching that and i started looking into other artists that compose and other artists that use sound as as a tool rather than as a to make pretty music and and i did i did get really annoyed that there was this kind of this this attitude that it was something that normal normal people Mm. couldn't understand like well you can't understand this you're not in our world and say, well, they don't need to understand it from my point of view they need to walk in enjoy it from their own point of view and walk away with an experience that they remember one that they think wow that was just awesome and there needs to be none of this pomp and circumstance and i'm better well, than well, you I think, well i
1: think there's a, a there's a very sort of fine line between the musician and the composer because the musician the fantastic kind of virtuoso musician you know can be quite you know happy you know repeating all these songs and and, and, and over and over again it'd be fantastic but still still they haven't got that creative vibe to make anything themselves because they've become so um regulated in in, in, in guessing things exactly right they don't want to break the rules
0: but this is the problem this is the problem within the music world i entered my undergrad degree And they basically said, I mean, I very nearly, in the first term, I very nearly walked out because they were constantly like, no, 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 just play. I was like, well, play what? What do you want me to play? Because I'd spent my whole life, and I was, like, in my early 30s by then, so I'd spent my whole life with somebody saying, play this. Whatever it is on that sheet of paper, you play that and only that. You do not deviate from it. So then I'm sat in a room and they're going, yeah, yeah, play with it. Have some fun. And I'm going, but what where's the piece of paper (laughs) how am i supposed to do this and i found that really really hard i mean okay eventually i kind of sort of work my way through it and and i'm where i am now but Mm. it's really hard it's really really hard coming from that very structured you only play the notes on on the sheet and it's it's a fault within the education system within music that it's so rigid. It it is like you just only do the thing that you're told to do. You never ever imprint your own character I mean, on I mean, it. That, that's my
1: experience with the musicians because I've always sort of been around musicians. That you know they, they just think um, they're just thinking the, and uh, theoretically about what's happening in music too much. Yeah. So that they can't let themselves go. I mean, I used know this fantastic five um, string banjo player, and he was amazing. You know, he could play. And um, uh, stringed instruments, apart from the violin, you know, I mean, like guitar, type instruments, bass guitar, and everything like that. But he found it really difficult to create his own stuff. Remember when we were working with um, Entertain? It was like, no, I've got to have a score. Give me a score to follow. And it was like, no, we don't need one. I was in this panic mm. of, of doing the gig, thinking I'm going to have to make it up. <laughs> I'm going to have to make it up. They they're just coming up with it. They think they they know what they're doing. I don't. And I'm the vocalist. Yeah. And, you know, and I got myself into a panic. And it was only around that time when I met um, John Morrow and all that he used to do that little um, get-together. Oh, together. the Sunday night thing, yeah. Um, such a feeling of, of
0: freedom mm. but the, to be yeah, able to do that. that I loved it. that is what I experienced when I first started my, my undergraduate degree and all the tutors were there. I mean, I was sat in a room with a million electric guitars and a few drummers with a flute so really, at the end of the day, it didn't matter what I did, no one could hear me. I could, have, I could have been so free and so open with everything and just like playing whatever the hell I wanted to. But no, I sat there completely paralysed by the fact that they didn't give me anything to play. Yeah.
1: I mean, do you remember that when we did the murmurists? It was a bit like that, wasn't it? Yeah, why it, am I here? Like, yeah, why am I here? Does anybody... If I left now, would anybody know? <laughs> if
0: I left and made it part of the performance, do you care?
1: <laughs> it was. But again, it was it was exciting because it was different. I've never been like, you know, when I walked in, I thought, well, where's the audience? Where's the audience going to d- d- That gave... That organizes. actually
0: has. It has informed some of the ways that I will work with people in groups. It has Ooh. given me so I would never do it again. Never no. do it again. It was no. too much for me. It was too much there was too much going on. There was there yeah. there wasn't enough cohesiveness it and there were kind too of many things. Yeah. But it was just it was, you know, it,
1: but, but there was something about the ratio for, for men to women.
0: Oh, there were like four of us, weren't there? Yeah, um, but the, I, I, you know the saying: too many cooks spoil the broth.
1: Yeah,
0: that is the epitome of it for yeah. me. And I know some people appreciate it, but for me, yeah. that was there were too it's many busy. things, too many things, too many ideas, too much, and that yeah. that was what I got from that. And like I know some of the people that were there really enjoyed it, and I'm not knocking that. But personally, yeah. I found that too much. So it's not something I would I would venture out and do again. I'm glad that I did do it.
1: Yeah, of course, yeah, definitely. I think every experience has its values, mm. doesn't it? Uh, this kind of, it kind of follows in what you just said, really, because um, it, it's hard doing this because I know you, so... Um, <laughs> uh, the, the next question was, um, who do you hate but love at the same time in music? Now, I know the artist, but you've got to see if you can guess who it is.
0: Oh, there's a few, actually. I mean, I... There are a few, um, because I I I love and hate a few artists equally. I mean, Harry Parch is one.
1: Yes. <laughs> Harry, Harry Parch was, is one. I love
0: it, yeah, yeah. No, he is, and probably the main one. But he is he's the first one that I really, really sort of delved into deeper, and I did find he he really annoyed me because he had all this potential for all this amazing work and he just he never followed through with anything mm. he, he had so many ideas maybe maybe these are things that i can pick up on as i go further into my own practice and i can take further in different directions i mean he can't argue with me he's dead <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> but i kind of i kind of watched him and reading him got a bit much for me i mean i've still got the book i'm plowing through as we speak um, but he um the thing i liked about him was um it, it's, it's kind of non-instrument but instrument playing do you know what i mean because he would just be in there with just lots of um things that could, he could get vibrations from yeah. you know um, I, I didn't quite get that um how he invented that new scale i didn't quite get that you probably understand that more he didn't. Than
0: me. I mean, he didn't really invent a new scale. He just sort of pointed out that I mean, between the note of C and C sharp, there are a lot of notes in between. So mm. he kind of what what the point in that was was to point out that actually sound is more of a spectrum than steps. Yeah. So that that's what that was about. And like yes, and if you play things like. Um, the Turkish oud, or the um, Chinese erhu, or the violin, or the cello—none of these things have frets. So they don't have controlled points mm. at which you can put your fingers, so you can access all of the spectrum of tones. So that's that's what he kind of—he didn't create it. He he just brought it to the forefront in some of his work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was looking for Harry Partch, because um, I, yeah, I, I do find him quite fascinating, I put, put him in that um, um, bracket of experimental, mm. um, you know, if you could um, name one experimental artist that's really kind of opened your eyes, if you've got any of the experimental um, kind of, um, maybe minimalist composers. Like Philip Glass or something like so, that. Maybe. Yeah,
0: the, the, they were all... I was introduced to them in my first year of my undergrad. Philip Glass, John Cage. Um, right. the, There's like... Oh, the, there's, there's four of them, isn't there? The yeah, big four. Yeah. I can never remember all of their names. But again, I, I, I found them all really pretentious. The idea the behind the thing and the way that they kind of explained the things that they were doing and it's actually the stuff they're doing is quite accessible. It's yeah. just the language that they use and the way that they present it is kind of like, well commoners can't come here, go away. Yeah. And I, I, I really dislike that and I think it, it, it makes that divide between us and them. As I'm a big believer in everyone is creative in some way. You, yeah. you might not be able to paint a picture. You might not be able to write an amazing sonnet. You might not be able to write poetry. But everyone, in some way, is creative. And I hate this idea and this constant kind of reminder for the non-artistic creators that they're, they're just not as good as us, really. And I, I just don't like that. And I found that with some of the stuff, especially John Cage, that came across a lot in his writings for me, that mm-hmm. he was... well making it as ununderstandable as possible. Yeah. And I didn't like that because it, it, it just, it takes away a whole chunk of people that could actually really enjoy his work. Yeah. Why would you I do mean, that? The,
1: it, it was a bit pretentious, that kind of three minutes forty-two seconds, what was it, 43 seconds. You know, um, it, it, it almost makes a mockery of, of of music sometimes
0: isn't it it's never explained properly or does it make a
1: mockery of the music or does it make a mockery of the
0: audience I I think it makes more of a mockery of the audience to be fair because the Mm. insinuation behind that performance is if you think this is rubbish you don't understand Mm. and that's the problem with those sorts of pieces there's no context given to it but if you question it you don't understand Therefore, you're not good enough. And it's it's also it's also
1: having the having the accessibility, isn't it? I mean, the artists when they kind of got to a point where you know money isn't any object, and you can just have what you want, and you get an idea, and you can just go for it. What um, what, is, what was the last book you read? The last book I read. <clears throat>
0: oh it was
1: you don't have to enjoy it it's the last book you finish. finished you write like to the end page because
0: I know you skim a lot I do I do the last uh, just a minute I can't remember what it's called the last book I read was The Practical Neuroscience of Buddha's Brain Happiness, Love and Wisdom
1: cool.
0: yeah it is one I have to go back and read again um, it was quite quite deep but yeah it, it was um, there pictures in it <laughs> Is there any
1: pictures
0: in it? No. <laughs> but I read, I read, I'm reading a lot of stuff like this at the moment. So it, it's all that kind of,
1: uh, well self-growth. And impaired, yeah, safe, yeah. That thing. yeah. A lot,
0: a lot of stuff. So I'm picking up a lot of stuff like this at the moment, um, and and doing a, a lot of reading along those lines. But yeah. That's the last one I read properly, page to page, but I'm reading okay. probably about four or five others very much along the same lines, um, but yeah.
1: So I, um, I know you like reading. Yeah. Uh, have you got a favourite
0: book? I do, although it's it's um, Earthsea by Ursula Le Guin. <laughs> okay,
1: just. Tell us a bit about that book.
0: It's it's uh the story of a boy called Jed, I think he's called. I've not read it for a long time, but he's uh he's a wizard. So it's it's basically his uh, his life. So it's it's called the trilogy, Earthsea trilogy, but there's actually four books, which always makes me giggle. <laughs> so a trilogy is three. But it's it's uh it's the story of, of his journey through his life, uh, from boyhood all the way up to being quite of quite an age, and it's just it's so amazing. There's things that happen in the book. I'm gonna have to go. You reminded me about it. I'm gonna have to go back and read it again now. I've not read
1: it for about it ten was, years. Who is the author again? Ursula Le
0: Guin. Ursula, I can do Le Guin,
1: Possibly
0: not spell it for me. No, <laughs> it's L E, and then I think it's G. U I N. I might
1: be oh, wrong hey, about that, you know what yeah, I'm just, like. Just getting that because the viewers might not <laughs> really, the, the viewers, what do, you call them listeners. Listeners. Yeah, no, I can't um, spell those so. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. No, you do you you've got a really good taste in books. I know you're well read. Um and I know that um when we first met you you gave me that book. Um, oh, Women Who Ran with Wolves. Yeah, yeah and 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 you gave it me, and you said, "Read that," because I'm a bit. I sometimes try and avoid reading, as you know. And you said, "Have you read that book?" And I went, "Oh yeah, it's just yeah, it's no idea." And it just wasn't. And then I thought, "Why you keep going on about this book?" Okay, I'll give it. I'll give it a chapter. And then as soon as that, as I did that, I understood what it was about, and it was. It's a really good feel good. Yeah.
0: about yourself being a woman book and I think everyone who's a woman should read it yeah, I, I um, think men should read know, it in too. Fact,
1: no, in fact all, you know, yeah. all day
0: everyone day. should read it because I, I think it, yeah. gives, it gives a good insight for people who aren't women to, to sort of see how they how they feel how they work, how their inner worlds are and it also oh. for women it gives them an, an opening to be a little bit freer within themselves or a lot freer within themselves depending on how they, they approach that but it's just it's such a good I, book I think, it puts the, I think
1: it puts the woman in the powerful position Yeah. and not like the underling because it, it, you know you, you kind of pick it up and you think oh what's this going to do for me and it does actually give you yeah. um, strength um, support um, vision you know, it, it just it just helps you to kind of uh, really tackle situations just by yeah. reading it and knowing that and I think you have this kind of history of... When of I gave you that, that when
0: I gave you that book, you were really at a point in your life where you needed that. Yeah, absolutely. So, but, it's, but it is, it's absolutely fabulous for that kind of thing. And I, I think it is one of those books that you will only read if you're ready to read it.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where do you get your inspiration from? Oh,
0: God. Everywhere. I don't think there's there's a, a place that I don't get inspiration from. My children, sometimes when I'm running around with my children, something will occur to me, like a specific point in something. It'll be like a, a moment that just suddenly seems... S- super important for some reason uh, there's been points when I've been sat with my uh, with my therapist and something's just <laughs> hit me in the face it's like wow this would make a really good piece of art Um, I, I mean my kids broke a mirror and, and I saw art <laughs> so yeah. most well, people yeah, really good, yeah but most people would just see rubbish so it's it's I don't think I have a specific place or a specific person or a specific anything I, I'm I just Take inspiration from the world around me, and in whatever way it is that I interpret that, is where my ideas come from.
1: Excellent. No, I, 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 I've got that in there. I remember you asking me, "How do you work?" Um, you know, and, and with that, you kind of answered the question, really, haven't you? Because you have lots of things going on at the mm. same time, don't you? Yeah. And same as me, you know. And then. You'll kind of walk away from them and then come back to them, and, and somehow something's changed.
0: Oh, yes. And,
1: and then, you know, it develops again. I think, in that way, we're the same, although we have this, like, you know, very different background musically. Yeah. And and it's kind of that division that we talked about, well, you know, the hierarchy and the, the I I the, have the notebooks, the
0: I have notebooks absolutely chock full of plans and ideas, and I'll go back to them sometimes, and I might use, like, half of something and mix it with something else or I might think ah yeah I really liked that part of that idea but the rest yeah. of it's irrelevant now and I'll take that bit and I'll develop that so I think always always keeping notes of your ideas yeah. and even and always go back to yeah because um, I think
1: I've deleted a lot of my good work I, mean, um, I, I went back to something that i had done um, uh, at the beginning of my doctorate and um, I remember working on it and it was driving me insane I hated it so much and I could have very well just deleted it. But it was it was like a dripping tap almost. It just yeah. got completely on my nerves. And then walking away from it and then coming back to it, it was like, how interesting, that's mm. really interesting. And now I'm finding it interesting. What am I seeing that's different? And in that way, you know, always to kind of reflect about, um, you know, if you are being creative reflect on it, think about what's improved or or think about why you didn't like it, why you went off it. And I think that gives you some more work to do rather than sit there and think, Oh say sake you don't do anything, which is normally my motto. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's not really about why you didn't right. like
0: it though is it it's about the perspective that you return to it with um it's it's the uh the, the philosophy isn't it that uh, if you stand in a river and get out of the river when you get back into the river neither you nor the river is the same
1: life impacted on your music and vice versa
0: I don't remember a part of my life without music. I mean, I learnt to play the piano before I went to school. So, I I mean, I often say I learnt to read music before I learnt to read words. So, music has always been quite a large part of my life in, in that I was always pushed into it. I was always, well, forced, I think is the best word, to play the piano or to play whatever instrument it was that was put in front of me I think it's only in the last ten years-ish that I've got to a point where I realised that music isn't just about recreating something that somebody else did. Mm -hmm. So I'm now looking at things and thinking, well, how can I do this? How can I portray that? How can I approach this in a way that portrays something musically that doesn't necessarily follow all the rules that I've been taught. So, but I think because I've been taught all of the rules and I've spent a long time having to learn all of those rules, knowing them helps because I know how to break them, I know how to approach them, I know how to use them. So I can use some rules and break other rules and use those two things at the same time. And I think having that understanding is really good for how I work. But I, I do think that there's a lot of things that people genuinely don't need to know if they just want to play guitar. Why I mean, do... you, you were taught, you were kind
1: of disciplined into music, weren't you? And it's, yeah. it's amazing how you weren't kind of put
0: off it. Well, I always say I was trained. I wasn't taught, I was trained. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: So... But do you know what I mean? I...
1: I, I... I know that when you um, we did a, a presentation, you um, talked about how your um, music teacher was Darth Vader. Oh, Darth Vader! She was so frightening.
0: My first, <laughs> my <laughs> first piano teacher. You know,
1: breathing over your she was. She was. She
0: was nearly image. dead. The woman was so old, and she couldn't breathe properly. So you should just sit behind me, going. <laughs> And you can imagine, at like four years old, how frightening that was. You'd sit there and she'd be like, no, that was wrong, I was it, I don't, I don't know, I have <laughs> well,
1: had um, I used to have um, people talk to me um, about um, learning the piano, and their piano teachers would hit them. Oh, the ruler, yes.
0: Yeah, the the ruler over the back of the knuckles. Thing yeah, like
1: it's yeah. Just, um, yeah, no, um, she didn't do that. I kind of disagree with it, but I kind of like it in a way because it makes them do it right the next time.
0: But it just makes with anything like that. Any kind of negative reinforcement makes a person feel negative about it. And actually, I mean, now I'm a teacher myself, and I teach people instruments. I have found that you can just as effectively get somebody doing something right by praising them. Yeah, yeah, and you don't need to give any kind of negative feedback and even when somebody's and I've, I've had this with a few of my students that they always say you're never negative you never say anything bad and I can tell you that you've done something wrong and how to correct it and mm-hmm. still make you feel like you're awesome
1: I mean I, th- I think that I kind of failed somewhat in a teacher because I remember when that, I was a teacher and someone did something and it was really bad so I could not... <laughs> Think of anything positive, and said, "Was that really what we were asking for?" <laughs> that sort of thing. There's and,
0: always know, and something positive.
1: Maybe a child cry, really? um, and they showed me that oh, piece of work, and I said that it isn't finished, and you should go back and do some more on it. And um, yes, uh, so possibly the tactic there is, is in your <laughs> favour. You have that things you to learn. People more, <laughs> and not be such a witch. Um, <laughs> Okay, Awesome. What would be, what would be your best day at work? My best day at work. Yeah. If you if you obviously um you introduce yourself as a sound installation artist, so we will call that as your job. Right. So so how would you see your day as a, a successful and pleasant day within your um specify a music career, if you will. I... Because I'm going to ask you the same question about your home life. So it's, how would you want a day to be if it was work? How would you want a day to be if it was home?
0: But I'm an unusually lucky person in the fact that I can just do what I want to do. And I, I, I mean, I, I, I marvel at the fact that my life is the way that it is, but I get up and every day is slightly different which is awesome I love that about my days it's never routine it's never boring so I have all these things that I can be doing I have all these projects that I'm constantly working on so really my perfect day is every day I get up and I'm kind of oh I'll I'll do a bit of this today and and then I'll I'll do a bit of that, and and I'll get on, and I'll I'll have a go at that, and and that, that is how I live my life. I I just get up and. Do you think do you
1: think it's it's changed? Because that's something I really admire about you is that kind of um, enthusiasm about you know just every day, and uh, and we all suffer from bits of like anxiety, especially during this time. You know that we do you know feel as if we're you know bit stuck, but you, but you do actually do that and, and has, do you think that has changed since um, um you and Jason finished you
0: think? I find it easier to maintain a positive outlook, now I'm, I'm not always positive like I always say to people, you mm. can't always be happy, you're not a dog only dogs can do that so I do yeah. have, I do have my moments I do get down, I do suffer with anxiety, but on the whole, I'm actually sort of fairly stable with things like, but there are days when I get up and I don't want to do it. I am human, but but if you say this about me. You say that I
1: kind of wear I kind of wear my sort of heart on my sleeve and everything. And if you look at me, you can actually tell what sort of mood I'm in. With you, it's a bit different. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I'll be looking at you and you'll be smiling away, looking as if everything's right. but inside you you know you're really kind of Worked up and and, and and I don't notice. Whereas when you laughed at me this morning, you could <laughs> not notice what the is. No, but I I, I about, hold I, I hold know, a I lot. Dishevelled.
0: Yeah, no, my I hold a lot of everything very close to my chest. I I tend not mm. to be very uh, forward with with my inner world, and I think this is where this is where my, my art is the way that it is because it is a representation of my inner world. And this is yes. why it's so powerful because you don't know what my inner world is when you look at me. The only way you really get a good view of that is when you go and you experience the pieces that I make. Um, I
1: remember when we first met at the, um, one of our lectures, and I wanted you to just come
0: sit at our table as you were horrified. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my god. This woman's so loud. <laughs> She's
1: loud. She's, like, She's coming <laughs> for me.
0: Walking in and finding you in that room was just like, oh my god. Every, running away from me. Who'd have thought, eh? Yeah. You know.
1: That's how friendships are made, everybody. <laughs> 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 hey, you find someone you do you? You think, oh, oh. my
0: God, nobody all the spooks of outwards. It's about, probably the best of friends. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, have you got any um, new ventures planned? Ooh. Yes. Uh, we, We've got... Well, I mean, okay, Moving on. <laughs> We, we've got we've got making a mark next year haven't we which should have been this year mm. but we've got that yeah. coming up um we we've got other things that we've got i mean we've got a, a female creative ball that we want to throw now we've got hammer of the witches coming in october mm. hopefully well e- either way it'll either be uh virtual or in real life but either way hammer of the witches is is coming we are working on that um We've got all sorts going on, really.
1: And you've got your, your doctorate study starting I do, yes,
0: so. yes. Doctorate study starting in September, as long as you can, don't, you know, set on fire.
1: <laughs> it's like all my supervisors, you know, dying one by one. Yeah. Um, dying off, should I say. Should I shouldn't say that's much more. Okay. Um, when, and the last, this is the last question for you, my dear. Okay. Um,
0: Where do you see yourself in three years? That's that's a weird question to ask me, because I make no plans. I tend to float along and just enjoy the adventure. (laughs) I don't ever have that kind of, I'm going to be here, I'm going to be doing this. Mm-hmm. I know that in three years' if time... You had to, if you had to
1: guess, I mean, you know... Like, I mean, I, I, I'm yeah, going to yeah, be... I'm, I'm going to be in three years. I'm going to be um, knee-deep in study. I, I will still be doing my doctorate, yeah. so I should pretty much be doing what I am now with you.
0: Yeah, we'll um, still be I doing see that. that changing. Yeah, but, but the yeah. thing is, is, I mean, there are many things in my life in the next three years that are going to change. I mean, I've got Olivia finishes school next year, so my life is going to change there. There's going to mm-hmm. be a massive change there because she'll either go off to college or get a job or, you know, th- there's going to be so many changes there. So life's going to look different. But, I mean, I'm going to be knee-deep in my study. We'll still be doing all this amazing, wild and wonderful stuff. Yeah. and there, There'll be different people in my life, though. I'll have met different people. I'll be doing different things. I'll be, I'll be sort of pursuing other avenues of things and if this um making a mark things successful that if we pull it off in the way that we want to that could lead to other work that could lead to us doing other things so i tend not to kind of make plans like that i
1: mean we we, we kind of been. i'm kind of looking at it in a way about how sort of busy we've been we have been really busy, haven't we? Yeah. We had a bit of a, a kind of blip where we didn't contact each other much and it just kind of drifted off. But we've now got this kind of schedule thing that we stick to all the time. Yeah. And through doing that, I think, um, the, the amount of, of comf- more confidence, um, I feel I feel like I'm gaining more confidence. Yeah. So I'm thinking that in three years' time, for me, I'm just going to just feel much more confident. If it grows at the rate that it's growing now, I, I just gonna, I'm gonna just feel really happy with myself and I think this is this is what this, this is about. I've always been a bit of a, a moaner about, about life where it's going, what it's giving me, and you can't get anything out of life if you don't try. No. So you can't just sit there and wait for it to come. Um, which I sometimes think, why not? Why can't you work like that? But um, it doesn't. And if you want anything, you just you, you know, you just just take it, yeah. mold it, make it your own. Um and, and like I say, I, I I see myself being better at what I'm doing now and that I, I love that feel, um, considering of all the barriers that I've had. Yeah. Um, and even just sitting in my little studio here, I just feel like I've come such a long way in the last three years. So the next three years is gonna just be Yeah. You
0: know, but but this is where I don't I mean I could never have said three years ago, which is pretty much when i met you i'd be sat here doing this right now in fact that is probably the furthest thing away from where i thought i would be sitting right now so i I don't i have no sort of specific expectations on life i enjoy i enjoy where i am and I, and I I just keep plodding along on the adventure that I'm on. And sometimes it takes a massive turn off in a weird direction. And I have to get used to something new. And, and like, I mean, even becoming a single parent was one of those things. Mm-hmm. That was not in my life plan anywhere. But, you know, I'm, I'm a single parent now nearly two years. And my children are still alive. And I'm still doing all the <coughs> things that I, I thought I wouldn't be able to do. If yeah. I was on my own with the children, and, and I, you drive. I do I drive. <sighs> weird. I do I like all these things. I try. <laughs> Still can't do the washing up though. <laughs> It'll, come. It'll come. No, no. Um, You'll come round. That's it. You'll come round
1: to do my washing. It, just up. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't. Like I say, it doesn't matter in the. You know if you're happy with the way you are and you're happy with what you've got now, but you know, I am quite jealous of you, um, you know, being able to be in your own house and, and, and dictate your own rules. Um, and um, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> so well, it's been lovely talking to you, Barry. It's been fun. Um, I wish you all the success in
0: the world. <laughs> well, you're coming and, with me, I'm there to see it. you'll be there by my side. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this and we'll see you again soon.